want to just uh, talk about the subject uh, uh, and uh, it's just titled Lord show me your glory Lord show me your glory and I, and uh, the thing that that has deeply moved me in the last four years since we got our littlest girl is that uh, she's she's an extreme daddy girl and um, and she will she will uh, look to look at me with the you know if she uh, any any time during the day and if, for for about two years she w- she would just play in my office while I'm working and she would uh, again and again come and say daddy I need you daddy I want you that's the, those are the words she used daddy I want you and that was just daddy hey I I, I need you right now I want to spend some time with you and um, when when she would do that. She got my time. Uh, it didn't matter how busy I was. I would just grab her and give her a hug, and, and I would spend that uh, a time with her. Sometimes I'd just sit on the floor and just start playing her little with her with her little toys for a little bit. But again and again, she'd just come and say, "Daddy, I need you," or, or, or "I want you, Daddy, I want you." And um, all of a sudden, when I was praying, I started realizing. I said, "Lord, the." That little girl is teaching me something. Um, when I come into your presence, I just want to say, Daddy, I, I want you. And uh, I know that God is going to uh, open up his arms and he's going to take me. He, he, he will make time for me. You know, God, God, God is, is, is much, is much, uh, a much superior father than any of us earthly fathers can be. But, but that attitude of be wanting to be in the presence of God and wanting God above all things um, is something that is, is so important. Moses said in the Old Testament, Lord, show me your glory. And basically what he was saying is, Lord, I just want to be as close as I can get to you. Show me your glory. I, I, I'm not happy. I, you know, none of this other stuff really satisfies. I want you. And, um, and, and God uh, granted him his, his, his wish. And I, I just want to uh, read a text to you from Exodus 33, 12 through 23. Exodus 33, for those who want to read, I'm going to read from the NIV. Um, Exodus 33, verses 12 to, to uh, I, I probably won't read all the way through, but um, starting at 12, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know uh, whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so that I may know you and continue to live Uh, to to find favor. Remember this nation of your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to, to God, If your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What, uh, what else will distinguish me and your people from any other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said, I will do the very thing I, you have asked uh, because I am pleased with you and know you by name. Um, 
Moses, Mo, Moses understood one thing. He said, nothing else will distinguish us unless uh, God's presence is, 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 is with us. And there, there's one thing we've got to understand is, is the background of where, where we're, we're coming from. Um, Moses had, had, had led the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, the people had seen incredible signs and wonders. They had seen miracles happen one after the other. They had seen how water turned to blood. They had seen um, all, the, all, the, all the pl- ten plagues that went over Egypt. I mean, it was just supernatural. Uh, in, in Goshen, where the Israelites were, nothing was happening. Uh, you, you pass just over the border, and, and, and just over the border, everything is happening. Um, uh, the eldest were, were, you know, were killed. The eldest, the, even the goats and the animals. Every, I mean, they saw the mighty hand of God. And then they were led out of Egypt. They came to the Red Sea. They saw with their very own eyes how the water separated. And, and they walked on dry ground. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Those things, I mean, they saw miracle after miracle. They saw how water came out of a rock. Now, I, if you can get water out of a rock, you're, you're pretty good. Um, but they, they saw these miracles take place, these things, that, that the hand of God. They, in, in the desert where there was no food, there was nothing, uh, they got manna every day. They got the food, uh, miracle food. This was supernatural it wasn't uh, just. It wasn't uh, something that was um, that 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 you could explain. It was supernatural. They they saw all of these things take place. They saw miracle after miracle. Listen, during the day there was a fiery uh, pillar over the tabernacle, and at night, it, or, or it, it, in the day, it was a pillar of a cloud, and at night it would turn into a pillar of fire. And and I mean, wow. Uh, they just saw God is with us. And they, and they went through all of these things and they got to Sinai. And at Sinai, God started to speak to them. And they, they were so afraid because when you get into the presence of God, God is, 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 uh, uh, God is a, so righteous. He is so righteous that our sinfulness makes us fear him. And when, when, they, when, the, when they got to Sinai, they were so afraid. They said, Moses, please, don't, don't let God just speak to us directly. We are, I mean, we're scared. Uh, let, you, let him talk to you and then you tell us what, what he's wants, he, he demands of us. And um, it was so serious. The holiness of God was so strong on that mountain that nobody was allowed to come close to that mountain. I mean, this was incredible. There was... Uh, uh, lightning and thunder and all kinds of things and the voice they could even hear the voice of God it was a time of incredible miracles that took place but Moses went up to the mountain and he was up there 40 days and and you know the story of what, what happened the children of Israel as Moses was gone they started to to um they started to murmur and they got, got into all of this, this whole thing. And they actually got Aaron, Mo, uh, Moses' own brother, to, to build a golden calf, which was a god from Egypt. And they took 
they're valuables. You've got to think. They invested in this thing. It wasn't something that just didn't cost them something. They took gold, the, the most precious metal they had. People brought it to, I mean, they brought offerings to create an idol. And let me tell you something. Idols in our life are precious things. They are not things that, that are of no value to us. We think of an idol, a piece of wood that some, some people in, in Timbuktu worship. But uh, idols are things that are valuable. And they brought these things and they started to, to, to worship this thing. And, they, and the Bible says they cast off restraint. That means there was no more restraining upon those. They, they, they no longer restrained themselves, but they just did everything. And there was a, a deep sinfulness that went across. You open the door to the devil, he'll kick it open and he'll come in. And that's what happened. And, and, and uh, 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 even though they had seen the mighty hand of God, they had seen signs and miracles, they had seen God. I mean, there, it was undeniably God. But yet, the very next moment, they were, they were casting off total restraint. And there's one thing that, you, that we, you, I, I, I believe is a warning to us. When God starts to move in great power and in great authority and things start to happen, be very, very careful because around the next corner, the enemy is going to try to come in big. And that's what, that's what, that's what happened right, uh, right in, in Sinai. And um, they, they, had, they had seen all of these things and they, and they fell away. And, and, and Moses came. He saw what was happening. He took the, 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 the Ten Commandments that God had given to him and in a rage he threw them to the ground. He was so angry. Uh, uh, holy anger uh, came over him. And he went and he could not believe what was happening. And, and that day, 3,000 men in Israel were slaughtered because, of the, uh, because they, were not, they were uncontrollable. And God had to come in in judgment. And it was not just slaughtering because also a plague came over the people. And, and, and it, was, it was terrible, the judgment of God. Don't underestimate the judgment of God. Uh, when God starts to bring judgment, it is... I mean, he had, he, his, the covenant with God was, was, was totally broken. The Bible says that Samson woke up and he said, I will arise and I will go in the strength of God. Uh, and and he, he actually started fighting the Philistines. And the Bible says one little verse there, one few sent, uh, words there that says, and he didn't know that God had left him. He didn't know it. And that, that is the, the biggest thing that we Christians, we don't recognize. When the presence of God is left, we still go through the motions. We do the worship. We have the woolly woolly feelings in our, in our, in our, in, in, in our, inside of us. Oh God, you're so one. But is God's presence really here is he really here and if and and if he isn't then why not why is does god have to withdraw and most of the times it's because of sin it's because we have gone in in sinful ways and moses realized god is withdrawing and i i can't go on this way and he fell on his face and he started to cry out to God. He said, God, if don't send us from here. If you're not coming with us, don't send us from here. I'd rather die in the desert in your presence than, than go somewhere. Uh, are we together? Moses recognized something. He said, I'm not, the presence of God is everything to me. 
And I'm not going anywhere. As the leader of Israel, I'm not going anywhere unless God is with me. I'm not going with an angel. I don't want an angel. I want God. I want Him. Hallelujah. I wonder how many people would be happy with an angel. Uh, but Moses sensed withdrawal in the presence of God. And um, uh, the, the key to br- a breakthrough and getting God to, 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 to His presence to come again is actually quite simple. It's just total surrender. And I want to just show you a, c- a couple of thoughts. Um, in, if, you, if you look at the scripture in um, uh, verse 7, uh, hold on, I think it is verse 7, uh, or uh, no, uh, 33 verse 1. Then, then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people with you, uh, uh, that you brought out of Egypt, go up to the land I promised you on oath. And Abraham, uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, "I will give you it, your, uh, give it to your, to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Ammonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people. I uh, and I might destroy you on the way. When the people, <laughs> when the people." heard these uh, distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you are a stiff-necked people. I, I will, if, um, if I were to go with you for one moment, I might destroy you. Uh, now, take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. And so the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. And uh, there's, there's one thing that, that about the ornaments, as, as I was meditating on this, um, Israel took off their, their, the, the ornaments, the gold, the diamonds, the, the beauty. And uh, you've got to realize that if you put on a nice necklace, you're doing that, you're not doing that for yourself. Uh, you're doing that so that others can see this beautiful thing that you have. Um, and if, if, if uh, they, they say the reason why people buy Rolex watches is not to tell time, but it's to show off their money. Um, it, yeah, it, really. Um, it's, it's because, because a, a, ten, a, a $10 watch, a $10 watch will tell you the time. Um, but, um, but they, the Israel, the, the, they, 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 you know, you, they, you put on an ornament or, or uh, uh, these things to be seen. You show, it shows status or riches. Um, if you have a big, thick gold thing that's, that's made, you know, in, in uh, uh, Europe somewhere in the, in the 1600s, ooh, everybody just, uh, uh, you know. Um, and it, you do it to be noticed and to be beautiful, Right? And uh, they, they stripped that off. And I believe there's a real principle behind it because they said, listen, it's, I don't, I'm out of the picture. I'm getting out of the picture now. No, I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want anybody to, it's not about me anymore. It's about God now. And they started to mourn. They took off all the ornaments and um, uh, everything that promotes... Um, my, my own self 
Anything that promotes myself, my own self, must go. And when we get into the presence of God, and God begins to cut at our, at, in, in our life, and says, listen, this is all about you, this is all about you. And, and uh, this is one of the biggest secrets the devil has held from the church. And I'm going to explain this to you, because I've just been blown away. Um, you see, God is not in the business of handing, of, of handing out fake diplomas. Um, you, you know how on the internet you can get on and you can get in Harvard, uh, you, you can get a Harvard uh, diploma, uh, you pay, just pay 50 bucks or something like this, and you can be a PhD. I mean, and many people have treated salvation like the fake diplomas. Uh, you just, you know, just go and you just respond, raise up your hand, say a simple prayer. Uh, does, it doesn't matter what you do after that. It doesn't matter what, what you did before. But, hey, God's grace is all over you. And, and the problem in the church is that we've been handing out fake diplomas. And we've been telling people, you're okay. You, you're okay. Just, just give your life to Jesus. Let me, let me say, from my understanding, what I believe um, the way God does it. You see... Um, there, are, there are people who have no means whatever, whatsoever. They grow up on the street. We just heard about one uh, recently, um, uh, a gal that, that was living on the streets of New York. Uh, she, she, had, she had nothing. She would go to dumpsters to get food. Um, but she said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to live my life this way. And so she started to, to, to go to schools. And she got knocked on many doors trying to, go to, trying to find a school that would take her. Finally, she found a high school that would take her. And she did. She finished her high school education. And she did incredible. And after she had finished that education, Harvard University offered her a full scholarship so that she could, she, she could uh, go and, and do her education at Harvard. Now, listen to me. That is much more the way salvation works. God sees our miserableness. He sees where we are. We're broken. We're just eating from dumpsters. And then God comes and says, listen, I'm giving you an invitation. I'm giving you an invitation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you make something out of your life. And he comes and he gives us a full scholarship. A full scholarship to glory. But then, he's not going to just give us a little diploma. But then comes working and discipleship, working out our faith, discipline. Paul said, I buffet my body and bring it under subjection, that after I've preached the gospel, I will not be disqualified. And there's something that the church has misunderstood. We think that when people just make a quick decision, everything is taken care of. But there, it's not. You, we are given an awesome opportunity to serve God. And sure, grace is free and grace is secure, but it's going to cost us everything. It's, we're going to have to go to every class. We're going to have to pass every test before we get that diploma at the end. And that's why, uh, the, the, that's the problem, is that people have misunderstood the grace of God. Because they think we, all, we have preached it again and again. I'm guilty of the same thing. It's free. You go ahead. You know, God will forgive you. Come and give your life to Jesus. And people come, and they come under false pretension that everything is okay. And then they come, they give their life to Jesus, and they don't do anything to get their life straight. And, and this is the thing that, 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 that bothers me more than anything. There's no difference between the people of the world and God's people. 
Where are the people that go and apologize for the things and clean up the mess of their life? You see, that's God demands that of us. Zacchaeus, when after he had, he had received the grace of God, he went and he gave back four times as much as he stole from people. He got his life back in order. He cleaned up his mess. And that's where, that's when the world will believe because they will see, man, these Christians are real. They actually came back to my business and gave me back the money he stole from me. Man, this just doesn't happen in this day and age. I think that will be, have a bigger effect on this generation than when miracles and wonders take place. Because God wants to do incredibly more than we can ever imagine. You see, uh, if you look at the Bible, you see Matthew, Peter, James, you know, all, all these disciples, most of them. When Jesus called them, he just said two words. He just said, follow me. And he kept walking. And these guys, imagine this. They didn't think for two weeks and then give Jesus an answer. They, they didn't, they abandoned everything. They abandoned their ships, their, their boats, and went and followed Jesus. They left dad. Bye dad, We're, where are you going? When are you coming back? Don't know, not coming back. I'm gone. And they, they followed Jesus. I mean, this was a, just a spontaneous act of obedience that changed their life forever. And that's what God is looking for. On the other side, you see Matthew, he was collecting taxes. He was a good, lucrative business. He was a rich man, getting good money. And he just stood up, left everything, and walked off and followed Jesus. Never came back again. Uh, and ended up dying for his faith. Wow. You see, that's, that's true. That's the true gospel. It, it, it costs us. Our life has to be laid down on the altar. And otherwise, it's fake. You're getting a fake diploma. Don't mess with it. God wants the real in your life. Because an unsurrendered life is a lie of the devil. Uh, God would, has to have everything. And that's what he demands from us. And, and if you look at the, the, the rich young man, you know the rich young, young ruler. He came to Jesus. He said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, Jesus said to him, well, keep the commands. And he said, oh, I've kept all the commands. I've done everything. I've done, I've done it all right. I've, I've, I've done everything. And Jesus said, one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have. And come and follow me. And uh, the rich, the Bible says the rich young ruler walked away totally very, very, very distraught and sad. Because he knew he ain't going to do that. He's not going to sell everything. Man, that's my net worth. I've been working on this for years. And now Jesus says just get rid of it overnight and follow him. Uh, man, that's too big. And you know what we do in our churches today? We just, we just, we just uh, start interpreting those scriptures to fit us. We say, well, Jesus doesn't really mean that I have to sell everything. What he really means is that I have to be detached from my riches. That's the spirit of the law. You know, I, just, I need to be detached, inwardly detached. And so, so I, 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 this is what my project, now I'm going to be detached. But listen, if, if the rich young ruler would have known that, he would have used that. Yeah, oh yeah. He wouldn't have, but God was actually saying sell everything. Uh, I mean actually sell everything. And then many times when we talk about 
faith. It's same, same goes for divorce. Man, God hates divorce. If you look at the Bible, God's, God hates divorce. And he's constantly trying to, 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 uh, to, to get that word across. You know, where are the people of commitment nowadays? Man, I know, I know a lady in Austria. She's married to a man that speaks two words a day. And she is a, gir- a girl, she's so bubbly. My wife knows her very well. Um, she's bubbly. She is full of words and she loves to talk. But her husband, man, he's got two words a day and he's spoken them at work. So when he comes back home, there's nothing left. And, 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 and man, this gal has stuck to her man in tough, tough, tough. He's not beating her. But he doesn't do. He doesn't talk to her. Uh, he might. He might get out a thank you. You know, if, when she gets the food. But I mean, he's not going to tell her about her day or anything. I mean, this is. But most, many, many. I've heard it again and again. People say, "Well, God wants me to be happy, and and and, and I don't have feelings for him anymore." Hey, you made a commitment. Make the best of it. Stick with that with a man or woman that God has given you. God hates divorce. But we see, we in the same way, we take the word of God and we try to bend it to fit our situation. And we try to say, yeah, well, God wants me to be happy. Listen, when God speaks, he he demands that we do what what he says. Follow me. Yes, sir, I'm coming. Uh, When when he's uh, saying in his word uh, that uh, when God speaks to us, he he demands immediate obedience. But, and when we can understand that, when we can understand that, God is going to give us an incredible, an incredible harvest. I am convinced. I am convinced. Um, you know, if you, if you look at, if you look at um, the, the scripture, it, it says Jesus bids us to come and die. Um, many missionaries who have done incredible work for God. They, they, they say, you know, when, when, before I left, I, I died. I, I'm, I'm, it's no longer me alive, but Christ within me. You see, the, the key is, it's not Jesus. We don't add Jesus to our life, but Jesus becomes everything. He becomes the core. He becomes the source. Every relationship is viewed as Jesus. When I go to buy a car, I, I say, Jesus, is this car pleasing to you? That's my criteria. It's not me uh, trying to build up myself. Oh, I need uh, a Rolls Royce so that, uh, so that I look good and I can build my image. No. Is Jesus, is this car pleasing to you? You know, when that starts showing true discipleship, when we start, everything is about Jesus. Lord, is it pleasing to you for, for me to, to, to do this project or to do that? And when we start to make Jesus the center of our lives, that's when God revolutionizes it. And I, I tell you, I want to give you, give you quick, very quickly my, my, my um, uh, um, testimony of, of when I was 15 years old, I was struggling. I was struggling because I saw the faith that my parents had and what they were experiencing, what others were experiencing, and I felt left out. And I felt so strongly. I said, you know, uh, there, there, I, I need, when, when I, whenever I would say I'm saved, yes, I'm a believer and all that, 
I would always, in the back of my mind, have a big doubt. You're lying. You're not really saved. The, the devil was whispering that into my ear. And um, constantly this thing was, was bothering me. And, uh, and I started to, you know, and it wasn't that I wasn't going to altar calls. Every altar call there was, I was at the front. Everyone. I, was, I gave my life to Jesus a hundred times. Man, I was there. God, here's my life. You, but, but there was something missing in my, in my life. And, and I remember that when, when, when things started to come to a head because I knew I couldn't live on this way. I was only 15 years old, but I knew I can't live on this way. And I, there's, only recently I've understood what God was really doing in my life. And, and I started seeking God. I remember going uh, to, to the chapel at our at our boarding school because I grew up in in, in Africa and a board and I went to a boarding school so they, they had this little chapel and it was abandoned hardly anybody prayed so that was great for me I had it to myself and I was up in there and I was every day after school I was in that chapel I was reading I was eating eating up the word eating up the word I was seeking God and I was saying God I need you I need you Lord I, I need you and I kept seeking God, kept seeking God, and I didn't get a breakthrough. And, I, and for six weeks, and after six weeks, a preacher from, from here in the U.S. came, and he preached exactly that, the message that, hey, if you think that you're going to get a fake diploma from God, you're not. You, God doesn't mess with that. God only gives you the real thing. You, you will never get a breakthrough until you're ready to surrender your life everything your future everything surrender it to god and and i said man that's the word for me i went up to the front and god answered with fire i tell you that i was changed for for forever something happened in my spirit it was supernatural and from that point on i understood you see the grace of god is not something that god is going to just throw out it hasn't become cheaper it's not two buy by one get one free uh it is the grace of god is costly and god's not going to throw it out he's not going to throw it out but when we come and we surrender our lives at the altar with all of our hearts that's when the fire of god falls from heaven like he did with elijah and Moses, Moses understood this thing. He was saying, God, show me your glory. And God answered his prayer. And he said, okay, Moses, I'm going to show you my glory. I'm going to come and I'm going to hold you in the cleft of the rock. I'm going to keep my hand in front of you. And as I pass by, I'm going to let you see me. But just my back. But I'm going to give you a taste of my glory. And Moses saw the glory of God. God answered his prayer. I wonder, I wonder how many of us are hungry for the glory of God this morning. How many of us are ready to say, God, Lord, it doesn't matter I, what, what the cost, but I am ready. I'm ready to surrender everything to you. And I'm ready to give you all of my life. Because, Lord, I want you to use me. Let's just all stand up and we're going to go into prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your presence here. Thank you, Jesus. You were so good to us. Your presence is awesome. And Lord, this morning, I pray that you will just give us 
a taste of your glory. Lord, we need you. We need you. Lord, I, I pray that you, will, that you will help us as a people of God to understand your principles and to rise up in strength. Lord, you're wonderful. You're glorious. You are glorious, oh God. We give you all the glory right now. And Holy Spirit, I just pray, have your way. Have your way in our midst. Just speak to our hearts right now. Lord, we allow you. We allow you to speak to our spirit. And we give you an open heart to deal with, to work with. Hallelujah. And as we're now in the presence of God, I want to invite you. If you are here today and you say, man, I am so hungry for God's glory. I am hungry. I, I need it. I need it more than anything. And I'm ready. I'm ready to, to lay everything on the line. I'm ready to do what Peter, James, and, and, and the disciples did. Just abandon my nets and say, God, here's everything. I'm going to follow you with all of my life, all of my heart, everything that I have. Uh, Lord, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. If that's you today, I just want to invite you just to step out real quickly. Come here to the front because I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray that God's power will come upon your life, that God will show you his glory and that he will use your life beyond measure beyond measure hallelujah hallelujah anybody else the holy spirit's just ministering to your heart you just sense god tugging at your spirit hallelujah just come just come hallelujah 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 the presence of god is here the presence of god is here jesus you're here we just love you we just love you we just love you Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's all be in a spirit of prayer. Those of you who have, have, are, are, are secure and you just love God, I just pray that you just go into intercession right now. Pray for, for these precious people here at the front. And if you still need to come, please don't leave this room without the touch of God in your life. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. I just want to pray this prayer with you and I want you to follow me. Let's pray together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, right now, I come to you. I surrender everything. I say yes to you, Jesus. I'm ready to abandon the old life and move ahead with you, Jesus. Lord, take my life. Use it to your glory. I want to be, I want to see your glory. I want you, oh God, to determine everything in my life. And right now, Jesus, I surrender all to you. I'm ready to pass every test. You have my heart, oh God. And I'm going to go the way with you. 
And Lord, I want you to receive great glory. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for receiving my, me right now. And I know this is the beginning of a new walk with you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to pray together.